I'm here with Trenton Generals head coach Mike Coriel for episode five in the season finale of the Trenton Generals manager show. Coach, how are you doing today? Uh, doing good. Beautiful day. Should be playing baseball. Well, Coach, it was a busy weekend for you guys, and, you know, it didn't end the way you wanted to, but your guys gave it everything they had, and we saw that on Friday night. Ryan Trumboski got the start, uh, had an uncharacteristic first two innings. He allowed the three walks and the run, uh, but he settled down, only allowed one walk and one hit over the final four innings. Uh, you know, what did you see from the right-hander that you think allowed him to get back to his usual self over those final four innings? Uh Sambo is, is very diff- hard on himself a lot. And, you know, he really wants to go out and he really strives for perfection. And when it eludes him, sometimes he gets a little too down on himself. Uh, you know, he expects to get it all done by himself. Uh, he has great stuff and he's got a really bright future going into his second year at Penn. Um, he's really going to be a force to be reckoned with at the college level. And, you know, one of the keys to your guys' success coming into the playoffs was the offense. And we saw it on full display in the playing game. You guys put up three runs in the third, another five in the fifth. Uh, how have you seen the offense evolve from the beginning of season to now? Well, they, they've really come a long way. I mean, the, the lineup is a lot different than it was then. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, the nature of the beast at this level or the summer ball. Uh, but they've really, I got it into their heads that, you know, you don't need a three for three out of everybody. Um, and if, you know, you get guys going one for three, that's fantastic. If you can put them all in the same inning and we really started, you know, putting up numbers because guys were getting walks, guys were getting hits, guys were getting on base in the same inning. And then when that happens, you start putting up crooked numbers and, you know, if you can get that seven, eight, nine getting on base somehow to start an inning, you know, that's that's how the big innings happen. The big innings really don't necessarily come because the top of the order starts it. They It comes about because the top of the order comes up with men on base. And that's that's a huge difference between now and, and the beginning of the year. That bottom of the lineup really came through for us. Yeah, and you guys get that 9-1 win and head off to face Quakertown in the division semifinal. Uh, knowing that you faced them earlier in that week and one hit them, uh, going into that game, was there just a sense of belief? You know, what was the sense of belief going into that game one? Well, baseball's a funny game. Uh, you know, basketball, football, soccer, it's, it's a team game. Uh, and, you know, you beat a team, you feel like you can beat them again, no problem. Baseball is a team game, but it's played by individuals. And especially, you know, a pitcher can make a huge difference in any given game. And, you know, in that first game against Quakertown, we ran into a buzzsaw, uh, a kid from uh, Misericordia, or is it Arcadia? A Misericordia, yeah. Um, who just had an unbelievable summer and mixed his pitches so well and, and just hit his spots and, uh, you know, was just a complete shutdown pitcher. Uh, you know, we, we playing a game the night before is not easy and, and losing your best pitcher to that game. But honestly, I think uh, 
we would have had a tough time even if Drombo was pitching in that game. We had, you know, you, you got to score runs in order to win, and, and we certainly couldn't. Yeah, and how, you know, can you just explain, you know, how tough that is? You know, we it's so much about high velocity these days. You know, guys are trying to throw as hard as they can. But a guy like Valenti really doesn't have high velocity stuff. Uh, you know, just talk about his ability to mix the, so his pitches uh, and, and be as successful as he has been this season. Now lowering his ERA to 0.129 as of this podcast, uh, you know, without that high velocity. And 0.129 is just a ridiculous number. I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you have a single start and, and you give up one run, you know, that, it, you know, you're still at, at a, at an ERA of one. So he had to throw zero after zero. Um, and I tried to tell my guys that, you know, the importance of getting ahead in the count and then mixing pitches you can't always, well, I'm just going to throw outside and, and, and I'll get them out with outside pitches. Guys learn to sit on that and drive at the right field. Um, you can't always throw. I don't care if you've got 99 mile an hour heat. Uh, guys will time it sooner or later. But if you change speeds, it's a, it's a huge benefit and it, and it really keeps hitters off balance. And even if it's a couple miles an hour between pitches, that's the difference between squaring a ball up and hitting one off the end of the bat or hitting one off the hands. And so you guys had your back against the wall after that first game one, but going into game two and into game two, you guys pick up the offense where it left off on Friday. You scored three in the first inning of game two. And knowing that it was win or go home for you guys, you know, do you think that helped your team's ability to go out and just attack the Blazers? Uh you know, certainly with your back against the wall, you you know you you got to get it going. But this team has is, is played loose for a long time, and and sometimes that's a better way to approach things. You know, we knew going into this, hey, we're playing the one seed, and they're the one seed for a reason. You know, that's a very good team we played. Uh, you know, that was a very good pitcher we faced in the first game, but game was over, and now we got a second game, and so. Is this picture the same as the first one? No. And, you know, we were able to get to them early. It takes a lot of pressure off because we know we can get things done and we know we were going to continue to swing the bat. And, you know, that it just changes the whole mindset in the second game. And you guys were trading blow for blow with the Blazers, you know, through the first five and a half innings. And that turning point came in the sixth inning. You guys are tied at six, put up an eight spot to seal that second game and force a winner take all third game. Uh, managing from the third base side, take me through that bottom half of the sixth inning. That included five hits for you guys and three errors on the usually sure-handed Quakertown side. Well, I think two errors came on the exact same play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a tough backhand for Captain America, Owen Petrich at third. Uh, it's the only ball he's ever missed that, that I've seen him play. Um, and then the left fielder, I think, bobbled it too, and we get, we able to get two bases out of it. But after that, guys just put wood on baseball and were just hitting line drives, line drives, line drives. And they just found holes. And it was a beautiful thing to watch. And, and it, it's so funny. You know, the, the, the old cliche, hitting is contagious. But, you know, all the years I've been coaching, man, is that true. And when things are going well, everybody can't, can't wait to get to the bat rack and grab a bat and, and get up there and swing. And 
you know, it just changed everything. You know, the, the four runs changed everything. Eight runs just made it, wow, you know, how can we nurse this lead through the end? Yeah, and one guy who you can certainly talk about hitting being contagious and help set the tone for your lineup was Jake DeClerico. He went six for seven over those two games, two runs, two RBIs. Uh, what boost does it give the offense when a guy like DeClerico at the bottom of the order hitting in the nine spot sets the tone for everyone else? Well, some days you're feeling it. You know, he he would just had this attitude that they're, they're not getting me out today. Uh, and, and when you swing, when you're at the plate and you swing with that kind of confidence, good things happen. You know, I've seen it change uh, very quickly where you get up there and you start looking around at all the fielders they have out there and wondering where you could possibly hit a ball that they won't catch it. And, you know, but getting that kind of production out of the bottom of the lineup is huge. Again, he's on base for the top guys, and they're driving him around. I, 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 think, I think he scored all six times. And if not, it had to be at least five. And, and you know, then, then we've got the top of the lineup coming behind him. Scotty Young is just so good up there. And, and you know, and Scott gets a hit, and it's not like, well, he's stuck at first base. Nope. Jake gets the third on, on his hits. Uh, now Scotty can steal. And, you know, and, and, and we've got – uh, Chris Reeder coming up at that point, and Chris just really found his stride this this summer, and he was just so clutch. Uh, I kept saying to him, you know, he'd get down an account with two strikes, and I said, you know, he's the best two strike hitter around. He would just find a way to get it done, whatever it took, uh, be it you know sitting on a pitch and dumping it in the right field or rolling a ground ball between short and third. Chris just got it done from the, probably the second half on. I mean, it was just incredible to watch. And fun to watch because a kid like that enjoying so much success going into a senior year of college is, is, is really nice. And then the winner-take-all game played on Sunday at Moody Park, the winner going into the division final series. Uh, as someone who's been a part of a lot of big games over the years, uh, what did you tell your guys before you stepped in between those lines for game three? Really just continue what we're doing. Uh, we, you know, we had to play our best game against them. We had to continue to have the clutch hits and we had to continue playing uh, error-free ball. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't get those clutch hits. And of course we then started making some errors in the field and, you know, that's too good a team to, uh, to allow that to happen. You know, we, we had an opportunity early in the first inning uh, we scored a run um, on a bloop double. Uh, we got a man thrown out trying to stretch from first to third on that play. But you can't really say, oh, if we'd only done this, because we got them out of some some situations. You know, they had bases loaded, nobody out, uh, I think two innings later. And uh, we managed to turn a double play. They only scored one run. And, you know, but that's, again, that's a good team we played. And the Blazers, they had Jake Reese on the mound. You guys have seen him numerous times before. Uh, how much do you think that helped your hitters, being a little familiar with his tendencies and what he throws since they since they faced him before? Well, I'd like to tell you how much it helps, but, you know, on Sunday, I guess it just didn't help enough. Um, he's still a good pitcher, and pitchers make adjustments too. And just because we've seen him before, and, and if we, you know, we hit him before, but it's his job to figure out how to get us out. And, you know, he's another one. He was making his pitches. 
Um, it was changing speeds well. You know, there was a wide strike zone, but it was a wide for, for both teams. So I can't really blame the umpire on that one. Um, it was just a day that, you know, after playing 27 innings of baseball in, in the previous two days, uh, our bats were just a little bit slower. And that's, sometimes that's all it takes. And, you know, talking about the Blazers' bats, uh, you guys got off to a good start. It looked like it might be another one of those back-and-forth battles. I think you ended up having six hits, uh, only one run to show for it off of Reese. Uh, but the Blazers put up a total of six runs over those fourth and fifth innings to take control of that one. Um, you know, what is it about their lineup? We know how good their pitching is, but what is it about their lineup that makes them so hard to beat? Well, they took advantage in that game. You know, we they they were – ahead of us I think and and uh there was a ground ball to deep third and instead of just being happy to get one out out of it we tried to turn two ended up getting nothing out of it and good team that they are next kid comes through hits a double in the gap um scores both runs you know if, if we get the out at second maybe it scores just the one um you know and then I think the next guy flew out would have been the end of the inning but the inning continued and they and I, I think they drove in the run from second um so they took advantage of our mistakes and and it's as simple as that that you know that up and down that lineup they got good hitters um you know the Riley Davis their second baseman had a really good day um on on in the first game on on Saturday and I think he had a couple more hits in the second game and he hit well in, in this game too and you know they, they uh, you know can't say enough about Owen Petrich, um, you know their third baseman. I I enjoyed having conversations with him uh, throughout the year, and uh, I told him after the game, I said, you know, I, I doubt very much we'll ever be on the same field together mm-hmm. ever again. I said I may get to watch you from the stands one day, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know he's he's just amazing, and you know. Uh, I fully expect him to be up at Cape Cod next year playing with the big boys or bigger boys, I should say, um, you know, but they've got some, they've got hitters up and down that lineup and they had a really good approach. Even the, when our pitchers made really good pitches, they managed to file them off and, you know, and see another pitch and see what happens on that pitch. And it drives pitch counts up and it drives pitchers crazy when they, they make a really nice pitch, but can't get a guy out. And, you know, then, then sometimes you make a mistake and they take advantage. You know, and, and talking about a few of your guys' mistakes uh, at the plate, you guys had plenty of chances, ended up with only one run on 11 hits, a few base running blunders there in the seventh inning. Uh, how frustrating is it? You know, knowing the offense was there, you guys had enough hits, but you were just hindered by a few mental mistakes and leaving runners on. How frustrating is that for you as a coach? Well, incredibly frustrating for me because, you know, I preach the mental side of this game and, and, and the nuances that, that this game is, you know, not, not obvious. Um, but I really like guys to really think more about this game. And, you know, and I'll, and I'll give you an aside, you know, about Quakertown. Uh, they had Owen Petrich up with first and third and two outs. And he's by far their best hitter. I mean, he was the best hitter in the league. Yeah. And somebody from their bench yelled at the kid on first, don't steal. They're only going to walk Owen if you do. 
And I felt like going over and shaking somebody's hand. It's like, that's somebody thinking. You know, a lot of times that base runner's going to think, oh, I can steal here. Now to be good, we'll have second and third with Owen up. You know, but we were more than happy to walk Owen when the opportunity presented itself. Um, I was disappointed with some of our base running mistakes, but as my dad used to say, that's how young people learn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want these guys to go back to college, better ball players for having played. And if things go right all the time, you don't learn as much. You learn a lot from mistakes. You learn a lot more from defeat sometimes. Winning is certainly something you want to do, but it, it's built upon, you know, from the mistakes you've made and the lessons you've learned. And what did you tell your guys after that game three loss? Oh, I, I, you know, there was no time for being down about it. I mean, we had a great season and I told them, look, I, I loved every minute of it. Um, I had a great time with these guys. I, uh, I was told coming into this, you know, I'd spent the past seven years coaching American Legion baseball mm-hmm. and I loved that. And I was told by others, oh, you're going to hate it. You know, college kids don't want to hear about learning. They don't want to hear about, you know, somebody teaching them this or that or changing their swing and, uh, I didn't see any of that. Uh, these kids were always welcoming learning experiences, were welcoming learning about things they can do on the field or uh, different ways of fooling the other team and, and the mind games that can be played out there and, and you know the little advantages you can gain that will help you, maybe not every time, but sometimes, and, and sometimes is enough. And you know, looking at the season review, uh, season in review, who are some of the guys that really impressed you on the hitting side and also the pitching side? Well, first and foremost was, was Matty Wright, who came on, uh, really struggled early, uh, was having trouble. You know, he was rolling over on a lot of pitches. He's fouling off pitches initially in the at-bats and then rolling over on softer stuff. And I just got him to calm down a little bit and, and just focus more on staying, you know, with his hands inside the ball and, and driving things into the gaps instead of trying to pull things with, with power. Uh, Woodbat's going to, you know, really prove who's really strong and who's not. Uh, and, and hitting home runs with a Woodbat is not easy. Uh, Matty started hitting line drives, and, and boy, would he end up with a 381 average or something ridiculous. Yep. Um, you know, he had a great year. Uh, you know, certainly uh, Scott Young. Uh, just eye-opening abilities out there. You know, he's 6'6 and runs like a deer, you know, and he would put so much pressure on the defense that he could bunt, he could hit. You walk him and he's going to steal second base. And he got thrown out on uh, for the first time in that final game, thrown out for the first time all year. Um, but up and down our lineup, there were guys that, that, you know, young guys that really learned a lot and, um, I think came a long way. Uh, Jason Wolf had, a, you know, some really good games for us towards the end. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, through the lineup, you know, certainly um, the Clerico really, you know, minor adjustments to his swing and all of a sudden everything clicked for him. And, and he was, even his outs were good, solid swings. Uh, the pitching side, you know, certainly Drombo, uh, Ryan Drombowski, um, 
came on early, really struggled with his command, and he settled in, and all of a sudden he had his not only his, his primary pitch, but his secondary pitches got throwing for strikes. And to be successful at college, you really need three pitches, um, unless you've got overpowering stuff. And, you know, Ryan's getting it there in a hurry. He's in the low 90s when he's pitching. Um, he's got a nasty slider. You know, he threw against uh, the Metros that Sunday prior, and the third baseman was telling me, man, his ball is moving like crazy. So he's going to be a really uh, tough guy to, to face this spring coming in college. Uh, uh, Tommy Delaney pitched well for us. Sweeney pitched well for us. Um, Trevor Wagner threw very well for us. Uh, we had a kid come on late. Um, and forgive me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm drawing a complete bank that the, the righty that threw for us on Friday night. Um, and he, we needed a pitcher. We grabbed him and uh, he, he threw very well for us. Uh, you know, but, but really most of our pitchers for the most part threw when they came in three solid innings for us. And that was huge. And coach, let's end on this. Um, what memories will you take from your time managing these guys over the course of the summer? Oh, that's easy. Every single game. Hmm. Um, I, I just tend to remember games. Um, I can't remember what I had at lunch on Thursday, but uh, I remember these games and I just remember the camaraderie that these kids had and, and the fun they had, and the fun I had just being around these guys and, and, being able to impart some knowledge of the, you know, uh, really now, I guess it's been about 25 years that I've been coaching baseball, uh, but I've been around the game, you know, my entire life. And if, you know, for me to think that something I taught a kid uh, can help them play college ball or to get better, I love it. And, you know, it's, it's taxing on, on my body at this point of 60 uh, but I, I just absolutely love it. It's worth every ache and every every uh, pain to be around kids that, that really want to be there, really want to play ball, really want to learn this game. Well, Coach, this concludes the season finale of the Trenton Generals Manager Show featuring our very own Mike Coriel. Coach, your team finished 21-20, and ended 10-3 and in your last 13 games and showed a whole lot of fight over the final few weeks and pushing the number one seed Quakertown to the brink of elimination Thanks for a wonderful season. Thank you.